Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. Welcome to the Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast, a show created to help painting company owners build a thriving painting business that does well over $1 million in annual revenue. I'm your host, Brandon Pierpont, founder of Painter Marketing Pros and creator of the popular PCA educational series, Learn, Do, Grow, Marketing for Painters. In each episode, I'll be sharing proven tips, strategies, and processes from leading experts in the industry on how they found success in their painting business. We will be interviewing owners of the most successful painting companies in North America and learning from their experiences. Our guest today is Garrett Martell. Garrett runs Two Day Painting based in Waukesha, Wisconsin. He graduated in 2014 with a master's in management and business. He's a big believer that you should outsource jobs like marketing and accounting, and he's also a direct mail expert and even owns a second company that runs direct mail for the trades called Trades Fix Direct Mail Marketing. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. That URL again is paintermarketingpros.com slash podcast. All right. Today we're speaking with Garrett Martell of Two Day Painting. Garrett, thanks for joining the Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I guess give us a little bit of a background about you and about Two Day Painting. Uh, yeah. So I um, started Two Day Painting in 2014. I actually started with College Pro in 2012. I did a, a franchise program for a summer and uh, learned a little bit about the painting business. Uh, and then I uh, got my master's in management and marketing and graduated and started my own business in 2014, two-day painting. Uh, no money to my name, opened up a $10,000 credit card, bought a 93 Plymouth with a wooden ladder rack and uh, basically just door knocked my way to... Uh, to do about a quarter million that year and uh after that we just continue to grow and now we're doing uh over five million dollars in revenue and wow. uh that, i also started incredible. a business down in charleston south carolina uh where we um uh and as a way to keep our painters busy over the winter time period give them a home for the ones we can't keep busy and uh overall it's just a it's a really fun city you know i really enjoy it there and um it's fun to start up another branch that's interesting man yeah because we whenever we're speaking with uh, owners who are in the northern states it's definitely something i like to cover you know how you're handling winter you're the first person who was basically providing another home for your painters how did you choose charleston south carolina uh well i like charleston the area in general it's um it's a good scene that i like to be a part of but there's also, you know, a good amount of wealth down there and uh, it's warm year round so we can paint and I thought it'd be a good market where I'd be able to find enough work to keep my people busy. Love it. 
So you've gone from starting two day painting uh, seven years ago, I guess about seven years ago to over 5 million, you know, that's some pretty impressive growth. What, what do you attribute that growth to? Uh, overall, just creating, um, you know, good systems, putting good people in place, uh, you know, and uh, consistently scaling a little bit every year, consistently adding people to the team, you know, recruiting a little bit, adding a sales rep and figuring out and learning what works through all aspects of the business. And um, eventually just kind of start perfecting um, almost as much as possible and uh, you get to a point where you can continue to scale. So let's talk for a second about the systems, if you're okay with that, because I know, you know, a lot of companies, that's something that they struggle with and kind of getting caught in the rat race, caught in the day to day and, and sort of seeing this, you know, vision of what they want their business to be. And then the reality is very different. I guess, what are the most important systems? How did you go about creating those? And what advice would you have for, for painting companies that don't have all those systems in place currently? So that's a good question. Um, it depends on the size of your company and what you're looking to attain. Um, but if you're looking to grow past a million, million and a half dollar mark, you really need solid sales systems, number one. You need to be able to teach someone else how to sell consistently how to um, create the right price points you know um, you know have the most success of closing the most jobs in home set the right expectations you know write the detailed proposals and you know overall just teach them ways of being able to get around excuses and objections so that they can be successful um, you need um, various management systems to make sure that you have quality control in the field that you know you're employees or subcontractors are doing what they're supposed to do, that you're scheduling jobs correctly, communicating with customers on a regular basis, um, you know, fielding all the calls and emails um, the way that they should be. Um, so that way you can convert leads and, uh, you know, take care of your customers well. And just every aspect of the business has various systems that when you, you know, most painters, business owners, they just do it all at the top of your head. And, you know, you know, that's not efficient, but it seems daunting to create all these checklists and all these various things to make sure that everything is being accomplished. Uh, but really, um, if you're going to grow past the point where you're doing it all in your head, you, you have to create these and you got to be able to bring in other people and be able to teach them to do the job successfully and consistently. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. So for the owner who is currently doing a lot of this, maybe, maybe the owner, maybe his wife is conducting the sales and he's still, you know, maybe in the field painting, or maybe he's just overseeing the, some crews. What's step one? What should, what should he be outsourcing first? Um, well, I would um, have him so many painters. They don't outsource anything. They think that they're better. They're going to save money by doing it themselves. And that's not usually the case various aspects of your business you should outsource i think marketing is one of them i think uh, bookkeeping is another one i think um uh figuring out you know obviously the right software for your business you know is um you know another uh thing to get in place uh and really there's a lot of tasks that you just don't have to do and hire the right consultant you know talk to the right person about an area that you need help in you know, it's going to cost you a lot more to learn the hard way by figuring it out yourself than just to get advice from somebody that knows what they're doing and can, you know, has been through it all. Yeah. So I'm interested in this, this outsourcing, uh, 
the marketing? I guess, how did you go about selecting who or, or company you're going to outsource that to? And, and um, you know, what did you outsource first? What was your process like there? Uh, so in the very beginning, I tended to actually do most of it myself. Like I think a lot of uh, business owners do. And you kind of, you know, you trial and error and maybe you learn the hard way, um, you know, or you hire someone in as a marketing coordinator to run a small business and you're paying them more labor than you're actually spending an ad spend, you know, digitally. And, uh, you know, it doesn't make sense for um, most small businesses. You know, sure, if we're a large corporation with our own marketing department, that's one thing. But, um, you know, in the scope of it, you know, even me as a $5 million business, I'm a small business. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, especially according to the government, I'm a very small business. You know, uh, there's a lot of functions that, you know, can be outsourced much more efficiently and with higher quality control. Then, you know, uh, it's hard to really manage an employee. You know, you could tell them to do better for the next time. But if you hire someone that really knows what they're doing and they really mess something up, well, at least there's some accountability there, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of advantages to outsourcing, you know, especially your marketing, you know, certain aspects of marketing marketing, like, you know, get good social media posts, you know, um, you know, make sure you have a good website, of course, you know, add pictures to it, um, you know, of job sites that you're doing. But when it comes to, you know, pay-per-click ads, there's a lot of different vendors like yourself, you know, that would be a much more efficient and higher quality situation than trying to learn it yourself or hire someone who's not an expert, you know, as an employee or, you know, um, you know, I do, uh, you know, I do some direct mail management as a small hobby business myself. And for example, with my clients, they would have to pay a lot more than what it would cost me because by the time they hire an individual printer, which I probably have not negotiated that strongly to print their pieces, you know, um, they're going to pay more than what I would pay printing in bulk. They're going to pay more for their list, you know, just getting a one-off small list and trying to find a vendor that can get you an accurate one. They're going to pay more for their mail health services. And a lot of the times you can get the expertise from someone that knows like me and you compared to, uh, you know, trying to figure out yourself and likely pay more in the long run. So bookkeeping is another one, you know, it's going to be a lot of effort to try to learn how to keep your books, a lot of pain. You can outsource that relatively inexpensively and have it managed at a much higher level than what you could do yourself. Yeah. And booking, bookkeeping, especially, you know, CPA is more likely to find you tax breaks and, and ultimately could end up saving you money in addition to a whole lot of time. I like that a lot. So I do want to kind of dive into this direct mail uh, business. I know you you had kind of told me before we started the podcast, you're running this separate business and direct mail, I think is, is fascinating. I think it's, it's underappreciated by a lot of companies. I think it, it was the thing and then it wasn't the thing. And personally, I think it is the thing again because a lot of people still think, you know, it isn't the thing. So it's, it's really under your life. Can you kind of walk me through, uh, I guess, just your thoughts on direct mail, how you started it and, and, and what you, what you think it takes to do it right? Yeah, definitely. And direct mail is one of those things that it doesn't work for everybody and doesn't work in every area. Um, different markets perform differently, you know, um, from my research, some markets absolutely kill it. Other markets struggle to create a positive return on investment. And just like any marketing forum, any industry, it's all different. You know, one area, um, who knows, maybe you're killing a home advisor. Maybe there's no competition and you're just getting really cheap leads. For me, I'm not, not a fan of home advisor personally. I'd rather um, not compete and rather, you know, grow the brand. And there's a lot of benefits to either doing your own pay-per-click or your own um, 
you know, uh, other forms of advertising, but every area performs differently. And direct mail is one of those things that um, it has a lot of scalability advantages that most other forms do not have because you can mass target an area and get in front of people to a higher level. Um, and you can really take advantage of a particular geographic and grow your business, especially if you're a small market and you know, you're trying to grow your business, but you can only get 10 leads a week from pay-per-click you know, and other forms. Well, now there's, um, you know, you can scale a direct mail business much more efficiently. I will, um, direct mail has other benefits like branding, you know, you got constantly get your name in front of people. I think the low hanging fruit for most painting business owners is um, Google AdWords and pay-per-click. And I think that, that has a spot in most painting business owners marketing uh, platforms. I think there's a lot of um, advantages there. You can, as long as you have a smart person managing the campaign, you know, you're not paying ridiculous amount per click, you know, odds are, you know, you can convert them, you know, the clicks that come in, odds are you're going to be able to be profitable on that. And uh, you can get the people actively searching for you, which, you know, everybody uses their smartphones. Now I, I type in something near me for almost everything that I do nowadays. It's very powerful. Yeah. But with Google, you know, you do um, have a lot of other painters on there. You know, you have all the home advisors and the thumbtacks, you know, trying to get, you know, first page uh, Yelps and everything else. And it's difficult to be a strong SEO as a small company, you know. Um, so, I mean, I'd love to, you know, talk to you more about that later. But with um, pay-per-click, you can get in front of everyone. You could probably do it at a very profitable level. So I'm a big fan of uh, pay-per-click. I... Uh, Personally, I've not had that much success with social media myself, but I know other painters that have. Um, but I definitely don't utilize that as nearly as good as I should be. Uh, but with direct mail, um, if you can test it out and you can get a rate of, let's say every 400 people or 300 people that give you a call for a lead, usually the leads tend to be stronger than on some other forms because personally, I love, uh, you do get more often, you know, a little bit on the older side of clientele. And a lot of my older clients are less likely to shop around. They've um, likely have been burned by a bad contractor in the past. And our overall, our closing rates are a little bit higher than with, you know, like some of the other forms like Facebook uh, leads. And um, you can target to a decent level too. So you can, you can't target quite as high as some digital forms, but what you can do is, uh, you know, um, eliminate uh, home values under a certain age. You can make sure that you only target single family um, homes, owner occupied, uh, verified homeowners. Uh, you can target by um, age of home or by uh, income level too, if you'd like. I usually don't target as much by income level because uh, I like my retirees. Those clients are awesome for me. Uh, but overall, um, you can target a decent amount. And if you can consistently get three to 400, um, every one person for three to 400 cards, and you're spending on average, let's say 30, 35 cents a card, and you get one out of 400, you're spending 120 to $140 on that lead. And if you have a market size of, let's say, 100,000 people that you can hit on a every six week basis or so, and getting one out of every 400 people giving you a call, you know, that is a uh, quick math. That's about 250 leads um, um, over that six week period. It's about enough to keep two to three estimators busy on your team. And you can scale 
very quickly with direct mail um, for the business that's looking to grow and really capitalize on the market. Um, what I recommend for a lot of small businesses is don't do direct mail until you have a decent sized budget. You know, you can send to at least 10,000 homes, you know, and you really want to start scaling your business. Start with a good digital campaign, you know, start with, uh, you know, pay-per-click and the stuff that's not going to cost you um, a lot of money to print and to buy a list and all the other stuff. And you can usually sustain most businesses under a million dollars in the painting industry can sustain their business through a strong digital platform and at an efficient level. Okay, my well, advice for most businesses. Yeah, no, that was super helpful. So kind of build your presence online, get those leads in that way. You won't maybe get as many, but it, you can get it with a much lower budget, convert until you're at probably above a million and then start maybe leaning heavily into direct mail would be your advice. My advice is test every different medium and see which okay. is the best for you. Really track your data, you know, put a different call tracking number on everything that you do. Um, listen to the calls that your office staff is taking. One thing a lot of clients, they lie about where they found you. They would be like, oh, um, I saw your truck or um, I was referred by a friend, but maybe they were, but what they actually called you off of was a direct mail piece, you know, and they called that call tracking number. That's what got them to call. So really track your data well, track it by zip code, and then you can actually um, attribute your spend on a zip code level, especially with direct mail. You can see, okay, how much money did I spend on that zip code? How many pieces were sent out? How many leads did I get? How many um, of those turned into estimates? How many of those turned into sales? And you can you notice that some of your zip codes and areas perform much, much better than others. And some marketing and some zip codes perform really well, and sometimes they don't, or you're not booking the jobs that you know perform off of that lead source. So what I recommend is um, you know, small businesses, yeah, start with the digital side, but start testing out some different stuff. You know, yeah. put ten thousand dollars in this put $10,000 in that form, um, talk to an expert like Brandon, um, who can guide you and hopefully prevent you from making some mistakes. And, uh, you know, then track your data well, and uh, that'll give you an answer on what to continue and what to what to push. Yeah, it makes sense, man. I find it interesting, this idea that a lot of clients lie about where they found you. I, I, uh, I wonder why that is. You have any theories or you broke up a bit there, so I didn't hear. Oh, sorry about that. I, I said, I, I, th I find it really interesting, this this idea that clients are lying, you know, kind of about where they, they found you. Do you have any theories about why they do that? Uh, I do. And I was surprised um, at how much they lied as well. I thought it'd be like one here, there, but it's a good like a third to 50% of people that call that tell you a different lead source. And people love seeing because they feel like you're going to give them a better deal or come up to their appointment because, you know, they feel like you're more connected if you're doing like their neighbor and that. And a lot of people will just say that. And then, you know, you could ask them be like, oh, this is someone at work. And maybe they did honestly get a referral. But in my opinion, that's not what made them give you a call. What made them give you a call is maybe that ad they saw on Facebook or maybe that direct mail or maybe, you know, um, you know, they're searching painters near me and be like, oh, I've, I've heard of this guy, you know, like um, I recognize this, this name, you know, in my opinion, that deserves the credit for the lead. Uh, and yeah, yeah it's just, it, it's fascinating how often, um, often I see that. That is really, that is really, really interesting. Yeah. There's a, um, a phrase I've heard. I don't throw it around too much. It's a bit, uh, you know, 
uh, rough, I guess, but buyers are liars. You know, sometimes when, when someone comes through, they're not going to tell you, tell you everything. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's probably this idea that, that, well, that you, you know, you're friends with them or acquainted to them. So you need to make sure they get special treatment as opposed to, oh, your marketing campaign worked. And, and maybe they just, maybe they almost just don't even want to admit that the marketing campaign worked, you know, cause they're, you know, some people have this idea that, oh, that makes them look like a sucker that fell for, fell for something as opposed to, no, they're smarter than that. Just their friend told them. <laughs> it's, it's just fascinating. Um, I got, um, I just started up my business in Charleston and, um, I just started marketing. So I haven't really done any work there. And I've already got a couple of people that'd be like, oh yeah, somebody, um, my friend referred me to you. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> you know? your, your friend in Wisconsin. Wow. Yeah, my friend in Wisconsin. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's funny. So I, I want to touch base on this, you know, this PPC, the Google ads. I think it's great advice. You know, we, we have found that for some markets, like you said, you know, different things work in different markets. And PPC in some markets is, is absolutely fantastic. In other markets, Facebook ads tend to outperform. But one thing that we have noticed consistently for a lot of painting companies is they don't recognize how important the inbound sales process is. So they'll have these leads come in and they're not, you know, they don't have a system to follow up appropriately. You know, how you've been talking about having those processes so you can train someone on your team to sell. Can you talk through how you, what, what's your system like when a lead enters your world what happens yep so i mean they call and um we always say you know thank you for calling two-day painting you know this is garrett uh and um psychologically homie i help you is kind of seen as ingenuine to a lot of people so psychologically people like to see gratitude so that's why we start with thank you instead of how can i help you um but but uh but yeah, you need those, you need to be able to answer the phone in a positive manner. A lot of the time, sometimes people buy off of the first impression and that makes a big difference. So you want to be bubbly, you want to be knowledgeable, you want to be friendly, you want to ideally answer the phone or get back to the form fill as quickly as possible. And the biggest mistake I see a lot of painters make is uh, they don't qualify, you know? I mean, I'm sorry, they qualify too much sometimes. They think that they can know when a painter or when a customer is going to buy their service by just asking a couple of questions or maybe they're not in a super wealthy neighborhood and they're eliminating a lot of leads that come through if you're a one-man show and you have way too many leads that you can handle you know and you just have too many people calling you and you want to eliminate some estimates and yes you know pick and choose which ones that you want to do but if you're trying to grow a business or you don't have a limited lead flow or you're spending a lot of money in advertising to get those leads don't pre-qualify half your leads out the door, you know, go, go do the appointment. You know, I mean, I get it. If it's not your service or out of your area or, you know, maybe uh, you can set some expectations about ballpark pricing, you know, but you know, you're not going to be able to tell if a customer is going to buy over the phone. Like it's just unrealistic. You know, you might have a guess and might be, you know, right half the time, but um, overall uh, you're better off just treating every lead like gold, you know, treating every lead, you know, maybe have, the minimum job size and if they're under that then that might pre-qualify them otherwise uh feel them hire a sales rep you know if you want to grow your business hire a sales rep feel the stuff or you know um yeah simply don't take on more uh more leads if you physically can't handle that many leads yeah don't yeah, advertise like them at that point yeah, I think that's great advice. I, you know, if you're, it's kind of, you, you have to be forward thinking. So if you, if you think you have too many leads and you're just kind of throwing them away, 
what we've talked about is raise your prices, you know, so you get, you know, throw them away that way. Don't just disqualify them immediately because then you're going to get higher margin jobs. You, you want to lose them that way. And I, I really like this idea of not just, you know, not throw, not discarding leads too quickly, you know, because sometimes people will seem like they're not the great, the best lead. Maybe it's not a great neighborhood, but they need a full interior and exterior paint job, you know, and it ends up being a great lead. Um, that's great. I do want to, you know, kind of go back to this direct mail. If for any painting companies that are listening to this and, and they, you know, you obviously have a lot of experience in it and you have a company, is there a way that they can get more information about this or contact you so you could potentially help them? Definitely. Um, they can definitely go to tradesfix.com or twodaypaint.com and submit a form bill, or they can um, contact me at my cell phone number, 262-473-9627. And I can really walk them through the pros and cons of the program and how we do it. And um, overall, uh, most direct mail, most people don't do it correctly. And that's the reason why most people don't think it works. They think EDDM is the way to go, which is normally not the case. That's a direct uh, what the USPS pushes, and they basically send to every home on a postal board. You're not really targeting that well. You're actually paying more per piece postage-wise. For whatever reason, it's cheaper to target if you do it right. Um, and uh, you're you're hitting renters. You're hitting apartment complexes. You're hitting <laughs> low-income homes. You know, you're hitting you know people that aren't going to buy. So it's difficult to get a positive return on investment. The post office, it's easy for them. It's profitable for them. That's what they like to push. But um. If you're smart about it, you know, and you get a list um, and you, you know, figure out, okay, who are the optimal homes and what neighborhoods and what routes and know, okay, how many homes do I need to hit a certain postage um, rate in that route? And you fine tune a list, you can save money on postage. You know, you can, you spend about the same amount on printing anyways, um, but you're gonna eliminate homes. And uh, what I do is I help, you know, kind of talk people through that and uh, see if it's a good solution for their business and then help them find a list, help them design a piece, you know, print um, with my other clients and my own companies so they can get bulk saving uh, printing prices. And then we uh, manage the logistics and get it out the door and make sure that they hit homes on time. That's great. And really? Yeah. That, and that, uh, you know, that kind of upfront targeting will help them avoid this, this fear that a lot of companies have of getting these bad leads that are wasting their time. You're handling that on the front end, uh, which, which I think mm -hmm. is great. Do, it, what is the biggest struggle for your company right now? Uh, the biggest struggle is just, um, you know, um, growing production capacity, um, you know, and balancing it with sales. So, I mean, like we always try to predict, okay, how many sales reps do we need? How many leads do we need? We keep them busy and then maybe production outpaces sales, maybe it doesn't outpace sales. And then, you know, we just have a, we start getting a backlog. We've been able to manage it pretty well, but it's, I wish we had an unlimited pool of painters and labor that was good and quality. Every painter in the world does. Uh, and overall, there's a shortage of labor in almost every industry right now. It's not just painters. Yeah. Painters complain about it. It's definitely prevalent in the trades, but there's not, um, there's a lot of work out there. And overall, there's not that many people, um, people are, not having kids quite as much, you know, there's less people entering the population, more baby boomers. We're always going to face a shortage of labor in the industry. It's just, you know, how can you recruit and retain your talent better? And how can you treat your people better? And the biggest thing is honestly, charge more to your customers. Most painters are afraid to charge the right prices. If you can charge the right prices, you can pay your people well, you can make decent margins yourself. 
you can grow your business. It's worth charging more and having a lower sales ratio and paying more for advertising, getting more leads in the door and actually making good money on, you know, the work that you're doing. Yeah. There's a, a saying I really like revenue is vanity. Profit is sanity. I really like mm -hmm. that. And, and I think this idea too, of you're paying your painters more, but you also have a very growth oriented mindset. So my guess is that when someone comes to work for two day painting, they see future potential. It's not just a job. There, there's potential there for, for them to advance. Would, is, is that accurate? Or how do you kind of approach that? Yep, there definitely is. We want to create a home for them in many ways. We want to have a positive culture. We want to have growth opportunity. We want to, um, you know, treat everyone respectfully, treat everyone right. And we want to have the total package for our employees so that they feel happy that they stick around, that we can retain it and continue to grow. Uh, and the important thing is, um, yeah, like I mentioned before, you know, like you should not be paying more than 50% of the job. And that's on the high end towards all uh, labor and materials. You should be, um, I try to keep that at between 40 and 45% myself for my projects. And uh, that allows you to actually obtain 20, 25% net margins at the end of the year. And you really need that in order if you want to scale and actually make money. I've, um, I known a lot of painters in the industry and I've looked at their financials and tried to help them out. And I would identify where you're paying 70% on average for labor and materials. That leaves no money for any actual profit made, you know? You can run a $2 million business and you're not going to make money because you're paying out 70% of the job. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot, you know, some painting uh, company owners don't have their numbers as dialed in as they could. And I think if you don't, if you don't know your key performance indicators or KPIs, if you don't know your financials, then there's really no way to grow your business successfully. Um, can you just, just kind of a fun question. Is there any, any marketing, uh, tactic you've tried that has just been a total flop or just you, it looked great on paper and it just didn't work out. Mm. I mean, yeah, we, we try to fair amount of things on um, radio was really not that successful for us. Um, I haven't heard of a painting. We do some like talk shows and stuff of construction that, that, that goes all right. But, um, just a general radio where on the, um, you know, AM talk, um, networks, um, we tried a bunch of different um, a little bit with that, especially during COVID, you know, time period when you can get smoking deals. And it went all right during COVID, you know, time when we could get prices for, you know, 5% of the normal rate. But besides that, um, or just quarantine, I mean, uh, besides that, it, uh, you know, wasn't that successful. Um, overall, we've never had the best luck with Facebook uh, marketing, you know, spend. Um, I know some companies that do very well with it, but those are the ones who, in my opinion, who build a brand or do unique services like cabinets and, you know, how to videos and, you know, build an organic audience, which can be very powerful. Uh, but just putting Facebook ads saying that we're offering 15% off painting services, you know, I haven't seen many companies, you know, do well mm -hmm. with that. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if that's one of your core it, services. No, yeah, it, it is. It is a mixture. You know, in, in some markets, uh, we've performed pretty well with that. In others, it's it's really been needing to go to PPC. You know, it, it is kind of a, we, you know, we, even with our experience, we still have to test because it is different in every market. Like you're saying. And some, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. And I've heard of markets that do very well with uh, Facebook advertising mm -hmm. and do awful with direct mail or other forms. And yeah, yeah. like you said, yeah, test every market. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just weird. You know, that just every market has its own 
uh, vibe and, and its own kind of demographic. Um, do you have, you know, actually, let me ask you one more question before that one. Do you, how do you see the, the painting industry evolving? Do you see any clear emerging trends for the future that might kind of disrupt, disrupt things? Uh, I mean, I do. I mean, there's some government possible stuff going on. I don't think it's going to come to fruition, but they might end up banning subcontractors, you know, throughout the U.S. I don't think it's going to happen, but um, that would change things quite a bit. I see um, some people in the industry think that there's going to be consolidation in a way or a lot of like some more major companies taking um, more of the uh, market share or, you know, consolidating in a holding company type model where they, you know, might own a bunch of different companies. Um, I think overall, the painting industry, there's so much work out there and so much demand. I think all of us will be successful as long as we can manage our own business correctly, you know, um, put everything in place, put the right systems in place, put the right people in place and um, charge the right prices. And, you know, we're in a lucky industry where, you know, we're not all competing against each other. We're competing against our ability to execute our own business model. Um, as far as trends go, um, I don't know, there's some cool stuff like paint spring rope lots out there and some other tools that might help us out in the future but no i don't know when that's going to happen yeah it's interesting Com competing against our own ability to run a business i love that uh, i love that do you have any more advice for other painting company owners you know most of most of the people listening are not going to be at five million you know you're going to be quite a bit smaller what advice do you have for them if they want to get to that level big thing is have a clear business plan and infrastructure strategy in place. So, you know, think about what each year looks like and who you're going to need to have in your company and what systems you're going to need uh, to create that. Once you create that, um, you know, infrastructure of, let's say next year, I want to do 1 million, the next year, 2 million, and the next year, $3 million. I'm going to need, you know, these people for this size of business, these people for this, and create a large to-do list of everything that you're going to need to accomplish. Uh, most businesses, I think 99% of painting business owners don't even have a business plan, number one, and they don't have any of that outlined in detail. And it's tough to accomplish something that you don't have a clear vision on. So I would recommend talking to a consultant or someone who's strategic and, you know, thinking it out, you know, having them review the plan, spend an hour or two with them, you know, just picking somebody smart's brain and, uh, um, you know, create a good vision for what the next three to five years is going to look like. And, now you can really accomplish that. You can figure out what you need to do. Yeah, I, lo I love that. And at least in Tampa, and I think in a lot of, uh, you know, medium to bigger markets, the city will provide resources and a location to help small business owners and consulting free of charge. But, but I think very few people Definitely. recognize that those resources exist and don't take advantage of them. And other thing too, network, you know, well, go to PCA events, you know, there's one in Orlando in March, that's a, a big expo. I think that's huge. Talk to people like myself there and Brandon and other um, people that are successful in the industry and, uh, you know, and ask them these questions, figure out what a couple of answers you want to do. And we're all very open in the painting industry, which is what I love about the painting industry. You go to these events, nobody hides anything. They're all willing to help you out. Nobody sees each other as competition, you know, we're all just trying to make a living and trying to make ourselves better and uh, get involved in the various Facebook, social media groups and uh, listen to these podcasts and, you know, better yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great advice. Do you have any other 
a thing that you'd like to share before we wrap up? Um, no, I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty good. But if anyone ever has any questions, obviously feel free to reach out to me and I'm happy to share a little bit of my time. Okay, great. Um, yeah, appreciate your time, Garrett. This was extremely insightful and congratulations again on your, your success. That's really exciting, man. And I'm, I'm excited to watch the, the direct mail business accelerate uh, just as much as the painting company. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey there, painting company owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we did. And also, if you're interested in taking your painting business to the next level, make sure you visit the Painter Marketing Pros website at paintermarketingpros.com to learn more about our services. You can also reach out to me directly by emailing me at brandon at paintermarketingpros.com and I can give you personalized advice on growing your painting business. Until next time, keep growing. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.